We'll be in Luke chapter 2. I'm not sure how many uh, times you have read through that uh, text uh, already this uh, Advent season. Uh, Luke chapter 2. If you were here last night at our Christmas Eve service, you heard uh, that text read as well. And we will look to a portion of it. I'd like to uh, begin and read uh, Luke chapter 2, verses uh, 1 through 14. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The word of God. Again, it's a blessing. It's a treasure that we have God's word to read. Imagine if we did not have Luke chapter 2 this morning for us to reflect on. Imagine if we did not have the text that is given to us from Genesis to Revelation, we would not know the truths of God. And so we praise the Lord that as we gather this morning, we don't gather just to, uh, I don't know, make up stories, to look at one another, to tell us what's going on in the past week, but we gather in the name of Jesus and we look to his word. And in the last few weeks, as we've had this Advent season, we focused in on the hope that was in the promise made at the garden after Adam and Eve fell that God promised there would be a Savior to come who would crush the head of the serpent. He would put away Satan. We also look then at the peace that is coming from waiting for uh, Christ, the Messiah, to be born. We were in the minor prophets and looked at the prophecies 700 years before the birth of Christ. Last week, we looked to the song that Mary sang, the praise that came from her heart as uh, she visited Elizabeth, and Elizabeth, uh, the baby within her, John the Baptist, jumped, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and we saw that joy, true joy, is only found in Jesus Christ alone. And so this morning, I was praying that you would see Luke chapter 2 as not just this wonderful historical account of the birth of Christ, but that you would see the love of God for his people here in this text. And if you would look here at what I just read in verses 1 through 14, 
We have this good news, this great news that is heralded to the shepherds. And what this good news and great news is, is that God loves his people, that he would send his one and only son to die for them and to give them a way of salvation from death in verses 1 through 7, you'll notice that it's familiar to, to you. It's that description, the account of the birth taking place. Again, them going to Bethlehem as was uh, prophesied would happen and then finding no place for them and baby Jesus being born and laid in a feeding trough of all places. Uh, this morning, a, a friend from California texted me. I can't remember the exact things he said, but he, he in it said, the king of kings to think that Jesus is the king of kings, yet he was laid in a feeding trough. This morning, as I was putting food in a bowl for one of our dogs, I thought about this. This is like a feeding trough. I mean, a very small one. But I mean, imagine a feeding trough for cattle or for whatever type of animal. Our king, our savior was born and he was wrapped in cloths and he was laid in a feeding trough. The king of glory. It's a picture of how God humbled himself to become man to be the only way that anyone could be saved. And so when you look at this, I want to focus in on the shepherds for a few minutes here this morning. Is The shepherds, uh, you could read many things historically about shepherds, but they were not um, the highest ranking people in society. They were not loved by everyone. Some shepherds, the people just thought they were all thieves and liars. And so you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to have an account of them in a court because they just lie about things or they just steal. They smell like the shepherds sheep. They're dirty. They're unclean. And uh, this was views of some people towards the shepherds. But yet it's the shepherds who received the good news, the great joy of the love of God. He doesn't, uh, uh, God does not send uh, the angel and that multitude of angels to the synagogue, to the religious leaders, to all the priests, the Levites. He doesn't send them there and uh, declare uh, the great news there. He goes to the lowly shepherds out in the field, and they are the ones who hear the good news, the gospel of Jesus, and it is a glorious picture of the gospel going to the ends of the earth to lowly people like ourselves. You see, Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5 of the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That every one of us are born into this world poor in spirit because we are born with the sin nature of Adam and therefore the only way that we could be set free from slavery to sin, to have forgiveness of the sinfulness of our hearts is by Jesus Christ. And therefore, if you realize that you are poor in spirit, it says you are blessed because that's where it begins is in your heart. And Jesus came to the poor shepherds and he came to the poor in spirit like us. Luke chapter 4, Jesus says this of himself, fulfilling the prophecies in Isaiah. Luke chapter 4, he says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And many times when you read that text, we think right away, well, okay, he's going to the prisons and he's going to the people who are financially poor and those blind people over there, he's going to help them and those who need, who need to be, are being oppressed. And what all that points to is that summary is those who are dead in their sins, those who are blind to the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, those uh, who need to be set free from slavery to sin, they're held captive, those who are oppressed by the, thi- the things of Satan and the enemy of the world, these things Jesus said he came to set the prisoner free. And that is what the good news that the angels speak. If you look at verse 9, which we read here in Luke chapter 2, The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. It will be a glorious day when we see the Lord in all of his glory. To think that the shepherds saw only a glimpse of the glory of God in this angel and a multitude. The word multitude is used for an army encampment. That a multitude in the skies was lit up with the glory of God. And that one day we will see God in his glory uh, is something that we long for and that we look for. And as with the accounts, anytime an angel shows up in scripture, you have the uh, fearfulness of the shepherds. And every time an angel shows up in Scripture, people fall down. They're afraid. Some of them want to worship the angels. And uh, they say, fear not, for I behold, I bring you what? Good news of great joy. Not just for some, but for all the people, it says. This is good news. I have great news. This is the best news for all of life. And this is it, that there is joy. For those who are lost, there is joy, everlasting joy, eternal joy, ever-growing joy, and that joy is found in Jesus Christ alone. And when it says in verse 10 that this joy is for all the people, this is not a statement of universalism, that every single person that ever lives will be saved because of this. What this means when it says will be for all the people, this joy, this great news, this great joy is for all who will come to faith in Christ, all who will be saved by Christ. And therefore we look to this verse 11, which is so familiar which many of you maybe received on a Christmas card or you have it on an ornament or you have decorations in your house or you've seen this somewhere. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is what? Christ the Lord. This is the good news that Jesus Christ is Lord. And if Jesus Christ is Lord then every one of us must bow our knee to him. Every one of us must call him Lord. And for all who do not call him Lord, all for who do not call him Savior, all who do not call him King of kings and Lord of lords, um, they will be uh, cast away for all eternity. But for all who Christ is your Lord, um, there is joy eternal because that is the good news, the great news that the angels heralded. And he says, for unto you, not to just the shepherds, not to Caesar, not to Quirinius, not to the Pharisees, but to the lowly shepherds and to all of us who are poor in spirit.
And it reminds me of the text that we saw last night, if you were here for the Christmas Eve service, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their what? From their sins. I mean, the rest of our day can just be rejoicing in being saved from our sins. To think of how we have broken God's law, that we have sinned against him uh, consciously, repeatedly, and yet our sins are forgiven. And again, it's rooted in God's love for his people that we would be set free by his son, Jesus Christ and he gives, and the angel gives them a sign, says, you'll go into the town, you'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, and then suddenly there is this multitude of angels, and it says they're saying, or you might think singing as you sing the song, uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Revelation chapter 5, I read this week, it says, Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wisdom and honor and glory and blessing. That is what the angels sing around the throne right now, and that is what we will join in in eternity with our Lord and Savior and to sing uh, that song, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wisdom and honor and glory and riches and blessing. And so I wrote this question down to ask you, and really, there are questions I ask myself, and maybe, hopefully, they're helpful for you as well, but I wrote down, does my life in word and deed declare glory to God? Does my life day in and day out, is it driven by giving glory to God? Because God must be first always. Not just at Christmas, on Christmas Eve and Christmas morning. Not just on Resurrection Easter Sunday. Not on, on, on Palm Sunday. Not on, on, on these certain times of the year. But is every day, is every moment my drive uh, by word and deed and thought to give glory to God? Maybe a question you could consider today individually or corporately as you gather because they declare glory to God, and they said one other thing, peace on earth. There is only one way that you and I can have peace, true peace, between the Lord God Almighty, and that is through Jesus. Just as we saw in the Minor Prophets two weeks ago, Ephesians 2 says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of work, so that no one may boast. Now take note, the angels never told the shepherds to go to the city. He didn't, the angel didn't say, get up and go. He says, the sign will be. And so they went and did that. But this picture of the good news never is declared to any of us, go and do this. Go and find Jesus. Go to the manger over here. Go to the cross. Go to the empty tomb. It never says to do that because if it said to do that, then you would have a part in your salvation. The great news is here's the sign. Here's the good news. Simply believe. These guys in this field, they believed what the angels said and they got up and they went into the city and they saw the sign and they gloried in that 
Ephesians chapter 2 goes on and says in verse 13 through 14, But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace. Do you see it? The good news, glory to God and peace. He himself is our peace who made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Let us read the last few verses here in verses 15 through 21 to close this time. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. They responded to the love of God who declared to them the good news of great joy that peace can be made between them and God and it's found in Jesus Christ. And so with their feet, they got up and went into the hit city with haste. It can mean to actually to move quickly, to run, to go. I don't know if they just left the sheep, if they left someone watching or they just took off, but they went into the city. The sign that was given, they found Jesus exactly as the angels had told them. And after they marveled in that moment, as they go out of the city, back to the fields, they tell everyone they run into. And whether the people believed them or not, there was a great joy and excitement and they were amazed at it all. I'm sure there were people who thought, well, those people are crazy. <clears throat> I'm sure that there was like, oh, no, God wouldn't do that. I'm sure that the skeptics over here is like, oh, the, this wouldn't happen this way. Oh, those lowly shepherds, they're just making up another story. Don't listen to them. But there was possibly the few, like married Mary, who treasured and pondered those things in their heart who thought for the, what happened that night, to hear these great things happening. Is this the Messiah that was prophesied? To think of what God did, and from that point, through Jesus' life, at his death on the cross, the resurrection from the tomb, that many would be saved and be made his children. We have much to give thanks for this morning. I pray that this, throughout this day, as with the rest of this year, that the joy of the Lord is your strength, that as you gather with others this evening, that the joy of Christ just flows out of uh, your hearts. I was recently listening to someone, and this person was talking about meeting with these other Christians, and they had gathered for dinner, and just spontaneously, one of the people began to just sing hymns and said, we got to sing, get a hymn book. And so before they could even get the hymn book, they had already sang a few, and they sang, they were supposed to go to bed early, but they sang for like two or three hours that night because the joy of the Lord just filled their hearts, May the joy of the Lord this Christmas day overflow in your hearts that you would speak the good news to everyone that you see. And it wouldn't be today, but throughout all the days that the Lord has ordained for your life. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have a moment today to reflect on the good news of the great joy that you would give your son Jesus for us. 
Thank you that we have the Holy Scriptures that we can read, that we can reflect on, that we can grow in. And Father, we thank you that you have given us your Spirit. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would fill us up with the joy of the Lord, that you would open our mouths that we can't but keep talking about the good news, that we can't but just sing Christmas hymns today, that we can't be silent this week as we meet others. Father, we pray that uh, you would be praised today and for all who are far off that have heard the good news of great joy, that they would be saved today and today would be the day of salvation. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.